Welcome to I Hate Critics 1994, or as our Facebook page calls it, Everyone's a Critic 1993. Fuck off. <laughs> I am professional film critic Sean Patrick. With me is Amy. I'm professional ne'er-do-well. <laughs> Amy Sheevals. That's me. That's me. And uh, you can find us on Facebook at Everyone's a Critic 1993. <laughs> I'm, 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 I just have to remember the password change. That's all I have to remember. <laughs> so once I can do that, but uh, then I will, I will change it. So I'm, I'm going to our, our Facebook right now mm -hmm. to figure out the password. Uh. But until then, we have a couple of things to discuss. Now that we are 1994... It's officially 30 years since I was in high school. I hate that. Because <laughs> that means it's 29 years since I was in high school. Yeah. 1994 was my senior year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hated 1994. I don't remember 1994, apparently, because the, the movies are a, a fucking misery. Uh, so, well, okay. One is for sure. I, they I, both, I am, they both I'm, were fucking miserable as far as I'm concerned. I am concerned. here to defend the other one to the hilt. So you, you're good luck with that. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, we're starting, of course, with uh, the the misery that is Cabin Boy. <sighs> Cabin Boy, starring Chris Elliott, uh, is a terrible film about. <laughs> That has an, had, had an idea. It started with an interesting idea uh, directed by Adam Resnick, who I think is not a bad director. Maybe? Uh -huh. Maybe he is. I don't remember if he's any good or not. Oh uh, certainly not based on this. Is he any good? Um, oh, oh, my God. You're so wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> this movie is terrible. Uh, Chris Elliott plays a fancy boy. who is He's a uh, fancy boy. He's a fancy boy named Nathaniel who uh, yeah. ends up on the wrong boat. It happens to be a fishing boat filled with smelly people, who, smelly character actors uh, who treat him like crap and nothing funny happens for 90 solid minutes. 80 solid minutes, excuse me. This, thankfully, this movie is the only thing good about it is that it's short and that David Letterman says the, says the phrase, want to buy a monkey? Letterman's fucking, I, I, love, <laughs> I love that scene so fucking much. I went into this hoping this would be like a hidden gem. Like I wanted it to be like this, you know, this thing that people forgot about that was actually brilliant. And man, is it fucking miserable. You it are is, so it wrong. It is a slog to get through this fucking 80 minutes of just unfunny nonsense. It, uh, it's, it's not funny to you, but, it, you know, Chris Elliott's one of the reasons why I started liking comedy in the first place. It's lovely that you have that nostalgia. Take those glasses off for a second and tell us what's about, tell us about this fucking movie. This fucking movie. He that's that's what's so great about Chris Elliott. This movie is that he's so he's so mindless. He doesn't even realize just how how arrogant nor how stupid he is. Um, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite exchanges. He's talking about the stars. Mm -hmm. He's like, I love I love sitting up here. Look at those bright twinkly things in the sky. I forget their technical name. <laughs> and she, the girl, she's like stars, and he goes, "Whatever." I just, I love. He's just so arrogant. I love little moments like that. I, I, there's so many, so many dumb things he does in this. By the way, and and again, because I liked this movie, and I, I know I'm, I'm of a minority, <laughs> but 
Andy fucking Richter's in this movie, and I love everything he does in it. I love every little thing he says in it. He makes me so happy. Um, lots of little cameos in here too, which just thrilled me to no end. But anyway, yeah, he 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 gets on this boat, which I again, you're talking about how it was a slog. I thought it was rather cool to look at. I really? liked it. Ooh. I liked the way it looked. Um, I thought that that that, that just the, the 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 production itself, it kind of felt like a play. And I, again, I, I think that it takes a certain person with just enough stupidity, such as myself, um, <laughs> to thoroughly enjoy shit like this. Because to me, this Chris Elliott was doing something back then that I think that other comedians have gotten away with years later um, and pr- kind of perfected it. I think he had an idea. I think the idea... Um, I still think it's a funny idea. I still think that some of it translated well. It's just the movie as a whole, everybody wanted to hate it, but like he wasn't out there trying to, you know, invent the wheel, you know, reinvent the wheel. He he wasn't out there trying to change the landscape of film. He was out there having fucking fun and just making a dumb movie about a dumb guy. Do you, did you ever watch get a life? Uh, yeah, it, it was, it was hit and miss. For me. See, that's what I remember. I remember being like 12 years old and watching Get a Life and thinking, I, I love this guy. But I remember him on Letterman. I remember a lot of those little things that he would do on there. Again, it was it was a joy to see Letterman in this. Wanna buy a monkey? Um, I just, it's such a great line. Um, I think that, that for me is the only funny thing, but it's only funny to me in retrospect because Letterman bagged on this movie so hard. Yeah. Well, of course he did, because he had to. But Chris <laughs> Elliott remained a great friend of his for, mm-hmm. I mean, ever. Um, They're both still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I know, a lot A lot of you kids might not know this, but they're both still alive. Letterman <laughs> looks like Santa. You're talking and, about them like they're, like they're not even alive anymore. Well, no, this was kind of like a heyday for them, though. Like, this, mm-hmm. was, this was an era of time, like, Letterman going through it. Oh, hang on. That's my uh, Jesus Christ clock. It goes off with James Earl Jones giving me a passage from the Bible on the top of each hour, and it just went off. Um, oh, oh, it's a great, it's a great clock. I'm, I'd shout out to my friend Renee who gave that to me for Christmas. It's just beautiful um, <laughs> because now I can run up to the clock and go, Jesus Christ, what time is it? I know it's a dumb joke, but I'll I will do it forever. Um, <laughs> So, but I, I mean, also you've got great character actors. I mean, you've got fucking Russ Tamblin in this movie who I loved him. I fucking loved him. He plays a merman who, is he in love with Chris Elliott's character? <laughs> why, do, why, why do you automatically go there? I don't know. I was trying to figure out his motivation. I didn't understand the, the motivation. He continuously saves Chris Elliott's character from, from various dangers, whether it's uh, drowning or a uh, giant, a giant who tries to kill him at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like how the giant's dressed too. Like he's not dressed like a normal giant. He's dressed like doesn't he have like a tie on? And he's just yeah. He, well, he was he was at the store. He was selling things at his store that day on an abandoned island to oh satisfy God. his eight armed wife. Yeah. Yeah. And and Anne Magnuson, by the way, unrecognizable. Her. She helps clean the pipes. 
which again, great fucking line. I, I don't he understand. He goes from being why a cabin boy to a cabin man. A cabin man. Absolutely, he does. He um, wants like desperately to be absurd, and it is absurd, but it's never absurd to me in a particularly funny way. I don't I, understand. I, I, it feels just entirely random to me. Uh, this just random asides that that everybody involved seems to think is funny, but just does not play for me. Well, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Cause I mean, to me, I, I just, I just disagree. I think like, again, I, I remember being what probably 17 when this came out and I thought, you know, why do I like this so much? Because I love, uh, to me, this was like, it kind of like it, it, Chris Elliott kind of spearheaded that, um, that absurd, absurdist kind of thing for me, like it, it, it just in that period of time, which then, I mean, if you go on and you watch stuff like <clears throat> uh, Wet Hot American Summer and shit like that, you know, they all come from these brains that just can can exaggerate a moment. And that's that's all this movie is. It's just exaggeration of uh, of moments. I think it's and, just I don't find Chris Elliott to be an appealing lead. I don't I don't fi- I I don't find him being a fancy boy like it's a funny idea <laughs> but then it just doesn't it it doesn't really pl- it just doesn't build onto the, on that funny idea to me. Do you know um, what, what's kind of funny about that too that you say that is that um who was it was it in an article or was was it Chris that said it something to the effect of um once this movie came out, it basically wiped out all of his chances to be a leading man. And I'm like, I just did never see Chris Elliott as being a leading man outside of doing something like Get a Life or like this. I don't see, like, not like a romantic lead. Well, you know, here's the, the thing of it is, is it was supposed to be directed by Tim Burton. And I think they were yeah. trying to go for, for something along the lines of a Pee Wee Herman style leading man. And Pee Wee Herman, I find to be a much more appealing person because he's just, his, his shtick is so much more it's just so much more coherent uh it's cogent it make it it makes sense like his weirdness makes a lot more sense in that character as opposed to chris elliott who just doesn't have a defined personality oh i disagree i i mean he could he <laughs> i don't th- there's not but like with, with paul rubens with Pee Wee herman you have two distinct people you have two and Pee Wee herman specifically as a character distinctly exists apart from Paul Rubens, whereas Chris yeah. Elliott is Chris Elliott. And he doesn't have, I am I don't think Cabin Boy was going to become Pee Wee Hermit. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no. And I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that they were really necessarily striving for but that. That, that. That is what they were going for in trying to get Tim Burton involved. They wanted, because that's the type of leading man that he was going to have to be if he was going to be a leading man. I think they wanted Tim Burton because they're weird and Tim's weird and it was going to be a weird movie. I think it's as simple as that. Mm. In my that, take. The, just, just, just the sense that I get is that they probably, I think they wanted that because he's so successful with, with making Pee Wee Herman and, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, I think they wanted that. They knew that they had an unconventional leading man who could not be a leading man under any other circumstance. That's why you want Tim Burton. We had a lot of unconventional leading men in the 90s, didn't we, though? <laughs> Jim Carrey. 
Jim Carrey was pretty handsome, though, even with the Ace Ventura thing. I mean, he could be he could be normal and handsome. I, I, to me, he didn't Chris get Elliott, handsome. Chris Elliott is not that. going to ever be con- going to be considered a leading man handsome. I think you just Jim- think of him in There's Something About Mary. I think that's all you <laughs> the boils on his face and shit. I think that's what you're thinking of. No, he's pa- he's paunchy with a receding hairline. He was never going to be like a, a handsome leading man. Jim Carrey could have been could have played it straight his entire career and and made movies like The Majestic. Like he could have. I, I didn't find him attractive until Eternal Sunshine, to be honest. And that movie was just so ethereal and and, but, uh, and gorgeous. I, I'm not a good judge of this. I'm not a gay, I'm not a gay man. I'm not necessarily sexually I'm not sexually attracted to men, but I'm saying that in terms of conventional handsomeness, Jim Carrey, yes. Chris Elliott, no. <laughs> Is that, am I wrong? I to me, I just think that it's, it's a preference thing because I've been attracted to very conventionally, you know. Well, you don't. I mean, you you find Gary Gary Oldman with dreads and a gold tooth handsome, so you're not. I, but I look for the heart, Sean. <laughs> The character murdered multiple people. He did. He really did. But God, he was hot doing it. <laughs> um, what one of the lines in this movie that is one of my favorites, and I I, I cannot believe I've never used it in any of my social media bios because mm-hmm. it's so it I think it 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 just it it is very much me. Uh not like more like me saying it about somebody. But it's um, it, it's it's Nathaniel. And he's like, I just don't get it. She seems totally uninterested in me, despite my smothering obsessiveness. And that's so me. I love that fucking line. <clears throat> in I the just, abstract, like you know, you could you could pull a couple of things out of here that could be funny, but I yeah. just don't think any of it plays within these characters. I don't find any of them interesting or appealing. Especially the the side characters to me are just they're just. Dull, honestly, like the the three fishermen guys. The I, I recognize them as as well known character actors, but like they're just they, four of them, I guess. And they're, yeah, they're four of them. Uh, I they couldn't do better than that. They couldn't find people who could actually be funny in those roles. Wow. <laughs> what did we you? we did not watch the same movie. You found what Brian James and James Gammon were doing funny because I didn't yeah. for a moment. <laughs> I don't find those guys funny. Uh, if you step outside of your narrow view, <laughs> I think you, you would walk away going, yeah, yeah, they were pretty fucking funny. Again, it, there was a lot of shit being made back then that was so absurd that to me, like this kind of like fever dream absurdity it worked for me it mm. it absolutely worked for me and you know you've got great people in this movie you've got brian Doyle murray um the only person that, that i don't think was very interested in this movie but still made me laugh was melora walters totally forgot she was in this movie mm-hmm. and i i really I, I liked how she looked upset about being in the movie <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was a if that was a choice, but it, it, yeah. it, that still worked for me. It still she played for me. a woman who is, she plays a woman who is swimming around the world. Is that right? Yeah. Hey, did you did you happen to notice Ricky Lake in this movie? 
Yeah, yeah. She played the 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 filthy whore, the the masthead of the filthy whore. <laughs> she did. Do you notice in one scene she had a beard? Yeah, I didn't understand the joke. It did. That totally didn't land with me. It's just fucking funny. That's all. It it, it just is what it's it is. It's just fucking random, is what it is, and that's really that's all what... the humor in this movie is just random shit happening. That's why I love it. That's why I fucking love it. I did not. I was like just I just one just one thing after another that was completely disconnected from any there's no story. Like there's no story happening here. Uh it's just one random thing happens after another it's, until it, we're until the movie ends. There is a story. With, with him riding her Wayne. back to the fish to, to the whore. What <laughs> a filthy whore. God damn it, I'm gonna call my car that. I, I can't believe I forgot about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard the filthy whore. God damn it. See, that shit's that that flies with me. That that absolutely flies with me. I I'm forever gonna be a Chris Elliott apologist because I just I think he's amazing. I I I, I love him. If you never saw Shit's Creek, he was fantastic in that. Um it, it, pretty much anything he's done or anything he does do from here, I'm always gonna be interested. There's just something about him that is so off the wall balls bonkers that I'm like, yeah, I, I'll follow you anywhere. I just, I think you're just weird enough to be one of my favorite people. And and that's just it. Well, I'm happy for you. It did not do anything for me at all. <laughs> Your <laughs> condescension is not needed. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not saying somebody has to be conventionally attractive to be interesting, but they have to be interesting. And well, I, didn't find it, I didn't find them interesting. I didn't find one of the characters in this movie to be interesting. I didn't I didn't enjoy how remarkably random it was. Um <laughs> I really just wanted Letterman back the entire time. <laughs> just, <laughs> just bring those monkeys back. That was the only funny thing in the movie. Oh. You know, uh, just just to share this story. I had a friend once that actually got to go to Letterman. Yeah. Um and and he actually gave Dave uh, a, a sock monkey <laughs> from the audience actually gave it to him, and and I saw the picture and everything. It's it's pretty classic. So not that I give a shit about any of that, but ultimately that that is pretty cool. It's a nod. It's a nod to Cabin Boy. I gotta say, there's one funny thing on on the IMDb page because I'm looking here at the, at the trivia for the IMDb page, and yeah. there's one funny thing in the whole thing, and that is the fact that. <laughs> In the in the trivia for this movie, it says the mysterious and deadly Hell's Bucket is an obvious play on the Bermuda Triangle, except for the map shows Hawaii in the same area. And the funny that's not the funny part. The no, funny part it, is, is that is funny. the three three people found this helpful and nineteen people did not. Nineteen people wanted to object specifically to this being, <laughs> being trippy about this movie. Oh my god, this isn't a Yelp review. Wow. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm going to send that to you so you can specifically just put that piece of trivia on the Facebook page. I can do that. I absolutely <laughs> will do that. that because is it fine. is the most random thing in the world. God, you know. If you go to the IMDb page, you'll notice it says two, two nominations for awards. 
<laughs> both one's razzy and one's the stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking care. I I own this on DVD thanks to a a friend that I used to have, and I I will watch it whenever I fucking feel like it. Thank you. Well, you you have you enjoy yourself. Have have fun watching this terrible film. I definitely will. Because <laughs> it's not good. To you. <laughs> to you. And it, it's not about being good. It's about it, it's about the randomness that it is. And and I, I embrace the randomness because I'm all about that. So having said that, uh, what's a good segue into the shit that we had to sit through this morning? <laughs> there isn't one. There's just two, one bad movie into another, I guess, for oh, me. For you. But... <laughs> Oh my God! I had I had such rose colored glasses uh, with this because I enjoyed the first two of this of this film series, um, and and you know what? The only thing I will say about this before we even say the title of it again: solid soundtrack. Because I I'm a I'm a huge fan of R and B, especially '90s R and B and hip hop, and I, I I I dug the fuck out of it. Having said that, House Party Three was fucking awful from the moment it started it the was it terrible just opening misogyny first of all can i can what is and it still persists today we see it on tiktok all the time this kind of humor where like oh you're getting married let's say bye to your freedom <laughs> what the fuck? and and that that they just kept doing it throughout the movie like there was there was no uh, come to Jesus moment where it's like, hey, this might be a good thing, except for like the very tip end where play is like, you know, I think she's probably good for you. Fuck you, dude. You wanted me to like <laughs> fuck around with all these other chicks. And, oh my God, this this movie, you could drive a Mack truck through the dialogue, through through like when somebody has to say a line, it's like, oh, it's my line? Okay, uh, here I go. And it starts off in the mm-hmm. bedroom, kid waking up and I I, I I don't remember this about the other the, the first two is that the, the first one I thought was very it was it was much tighter. The second one with the pajama jammy jam, fuck yeah. <laughs> um this one it 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 felt like they were trying to go for a very uh natural uh kind of conversational dialogue, like they're just making it up as they go. There is well, no they, script. they did. They did make it up as they go. That is that is actually what happened. Yes. That would that was the their first mistake. Because <laughs> aside from Bernie Mac and maybe Candy Alexander, the, the the acting in this was horrible. Miserable. Oh god. So bad. Like and and I think I know what happened here. I okay. There's this thing called mission creep where you start off with you start off what one with a mission objective and the, the objective the objective just creeps in the wrong direction eventually over time because you just sort of lose perspective i think kid and play what happened to them is the same thing that happened to hammer hammer becomes a superstar doing this family-friendly rap that is very easy and digestible and then he desperately wants cred he wants to be treated like like a, a serious superstar and so he puts out pumps in a bump and like tries to be hardcore. And I think this is kid and play trying to, this is like their Matt Reif moment where they're like, Hey, no, no guys, guys, guys like us too. Like we're, we're hardcore. We can be hardcore. Look how mean we are to women. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because like uh, the first two house party movies are successful because they have a broad appeal. They're almost like they're bordering on family movies. Like as much as those guys are about, you know, getting laid in those movies, there's still basically like family friendly movies for the most part. And this is not. Well, no, not only that, though. OK, it's funny that you brought up Hammer and Pumps because I, I thought about like the minute you said that I was like I went to um, Bobby Brown mm. pumping around. Yeah. There was a shift in in um, hip hop and R and B at this very period of time. Same with um, like what was kind of underground alternative music started to become more mainstream. Like this is where we were seeing a lot of that shift, and you had to go harder. And sorry, when Bobby Brown did it and NC Hammer or just Hammer, um, I it was laughable. <laughs> Dude, you know it, this this doesn't work. And then yeah, this this one definitely. It this... kind of worked with Bobby Brown. I gotta. I, it it kind of worked for him. Fucking around. <laughs> Fuck I no thought one. that record. That record was pretty good. <laughs> Bobby, I I had that record. <laughs> I listened to it a lot. Oh my god, I I, I hate it. I I I hate it. I I hate it like raisins in a potato salad. I I cannot said, do that. Returning to the point here, <clears throat> that rap that Kitten played to at the end, where it's just basically just play, just talking about how much, how much, just talking about his dick, just talking about his dick, just rapping about his dick. <laughs> but if you notice, Kid, again, at least there was one cohesive through line from the first movie to this one is that he's still a bumbling idiot. Mm-hmm. And he he's he but he's still the nice guy, but at the same time is he is he though? I mean he's like he's like an incel nice guy, I think, for the most well, part. The way he, <clears throat> the way he talks sometimes, like uh early on where he's like trying to trying to have sex with his girlfriend and she's just trying to get ready and go to work, you know. Oh that that line, Sergeant Sausage. Oh fuck. Yeah, okay. So I'm saying he's he's nineties nice guy. <laughs> Fair. Okay. We definitely know what '90s nice guy is, and that is in, in, the birth of incel culture. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, you know what? I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm I'm a dumb middle aged white Midwesterner. Is this movie for me? Well, you know what? The first two were. I fucking love those, and again, solid soundtracks, solid music. What pissed me off, though. Is that I'm, I'm seeing TLC in this mm-hmm. in this film? Oh, they're it, they're they're awful. It's it's so cringe. It's so cringe. And but beyond that, it's like God. So we're talking about 1994, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy, sexy, cool. One of the biggest fucking albums. One of my favorites from my teenage years is about to hit and knock the fucking socks off of people. And they did this fucking movie. And yes, we will mention that horrible. Child band, immature, <laughs> fucking miserable, Fuck and just, just just a crime in progress. Just <laughs> oh my god, them, it's just a crime in progress. They they're like you know 11, 10, 11, 12 years old, and they're already you know trying to spit some game like they're about Ugh. to just take these girls home. I mean, what 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 were they what were they trying to do when they were hitting on those little girls? What exactly was oh. the we're, we're going to get you home and do what? You're well, 11. <laughs> even the way that they dress, it looks like they just put on daddy's, you know, vests and then eye patches. Oh, can we, can, can we back up? 
Yeah, sure. We get, we get Aunt Lucy in this fucking movie. Oh my god! Early onset Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's the joke the entire time is that she can't remember where the stairs are. She doesn't remember who the the, the kid's girl uh, fiance is. Fiance is right. Can't remember who she is. Uh, and it's uh, and this is supposed to be funny. Um, I think what disturbed me the most was that they gave her the wrong VHS tape. And she's up there with her soup and she's watching fucking porn. Yeah. And Hilarious. she's just like, you know, I mean, again, I, I, I don't take away sexuality from anyone at any age, but the way that they juxtaposed it made it so uncomfortable for me, especially with the fact that it's early onset Alzheimer's. And it's like, oh, well, we're, we're you know, we're just having this banger of a party downstairs. And this old woman's up there not knowing if she's coming or going. Mm hmm. It just, it was icky. It made me feel icky. Well, it's not funny. It, I mean, it's just, a, just as a as a premise, that's not funny. Uh, they don't do anything funny with it. But it's also just not a funny idea. You shouldn't have done it. No. Come up with a different joke. Well, what would no. the other joke be that she's just horny all the time? That's probably, you know, like that that, that classic Simpsons gag. I'm, I'm hauling ass to Lollapalooza. <laughs> Like, that's the other way you go with that joke, I guess. <laughs> what I, I think what this movie does is it, it removes any sort of um, happy memories <laughs> that I've ever had. Well, I've ever had. And then also, but, but from those first two that were just meant to be fun. And like, but like, I was really scared because I thought, man, if we get to the end of this movie and they like, they they end up busting out, you know, ain't gonna hurt nobody. Like I I I'm I was I was waiting for them to bring that song back, mm -hmm. you know, because again we've moved on we've moved on from that period of time. What they did was you know they they just throughout the film systematically brought down those first two movies, and just just made it seem like this was a standalone horrible film by Kid and Play. It it doesn't fit, and then you know to bring back Tisha Campbell as Sydney. Mm -hmm. But to give her the lamest these lines, like there's a scene where she goes into uh, so kids cringe. Oh my god, no one would do that. I, I I am I am all for women building up women, but I'm sorry, Sydney, the the Sydney that we knew from the first two movies wouldn't do that. I just I didn't see that motivation at all. Like she's going on with her life. Yes, she may be back visiting her grandparents or whatever. She wouldn't do that. You just avoid that well, shit. She yeah, was a smart girl. But it was a weird, it's just a weird, awkward scene that doesn't Ugh. do anything. It doesn't no. add to the story. It doesn't further the plot. The idea here is that kid, the kid's getting married. He's met this woman and fallen in love. She is, by the way, a complete non-entity. If you remember her name, please let me know. Because, like, honestly, that, char that character has just zero personality. Oh, just, well, no, they, just complete non-presence. This woman. Her, her name was Vita in the in the movie. Angela Means, and and the acting. I just, I was so uncomfortable. Just, just, just miserable. But uh, she's just a complete non-presence. Non so the the whole premise is centering around a bachelor party that uh, that kid that play is throwing for kid that they're going to get a stripper and he's going to get laid and all this garbage and it keeps coming back to this thing about. Now that he's getting married, every woman wants to sleep with him, and, <laughs> and he wants to sleep with every one of them, but he can't because you know I'm getting married. 
Oh, and there's that whole um, misunderstanding moment in the film where his 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 fiance is overhearing the conversation between, uh, you know, Kid and Play and fucking Stinky, that fucking asshole character. Just, oh, I hated him so much. Um, the where, same joke over and over again. Jokes. He's he's small and he smells bad, and he loves fat girls. Oh God, what the fuck. That that was so disturbing to me. That was so disturbing to me. And it just kept going. Now, mind you, this is played by a guy that was on the second real world, known for harassing oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They had to throw him off the show because he yeah. was such a creep. And then I watched the reunion uh that came out a couple years ago, and they were all like, Yeah, we were really hard on you. And I'm like, no, he he pulled her out of bed. She was in her pajamas, and that that, that was pretty wrong. He, mm -hmm. he, it was gross. Um, just and again, I get that he was on this this whole comedy thing in in the early nineties. I I didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a fuck about one character in this in this movie at all. I and that's not how I felt about the first two. I I, I liked these characters. I liked them. I thought. You know, this this is a, a world that, you know, I had friends, you know, that we just, we were obsessive with those first two. And this just basically said, ah, fuck the first two movies. Let's just make something that is just grotesque. Well, as, as much as, like, the first two movies are about them wanting to get laid, there's still, like, a, a charm to it. And there's still sort of an innocence to it. Right, because but, they're still pretty young and... They're young and they're ambitious and they're funny and they're charismatic and yeah, uh, you, you buy in and and the women in their lives are keeping them in check, you know, or making sure that they they're respectful. Like right. the women in those movies had like Queen Latifah's character, like they had yes. power, uh, yep. they had presence, they had, you know, they were not going to be taken advantage of, they were not going to be treated poorly on, and this movie is just they don't play into that aspect at all. They just want to prove, you know, how how hard they are. Like, you know, we're, yeah. we're, everything's about like the, the whole thing that play is doing throughout the entire movie is getting women to sleep with him through lies, just lying <laughs> to women repeatedly to get them into bed. Awesome. I we love the, that. Just, I mean, what a miserable character trait to give your, your main character, one of your two main characters that is only, his only thing in the world is being, is using his position in the music industry to try and, sleep with vulnerable women well i mean play you know he he is a player you know <laughs> and i say that in the whitest way i possibly can <laughs> but I, that's what the, the, the shift from from the pajama jammy jam thing where it, it, it's this kind of sweet fun story about them growing up and learning lessons to to this it feels like that shift from like trying to be you know what one minute you're you're guys who are kind of mainstream and now, Oh, we don't want that. We want, we don't want that. We want to be hardcore. Yeah. We want to prove how tough we are and how, and how cool we are with the ladies. <laughs> and all I, all I kept thinking was I watched your Saturday morning cartoon kid and play. <laughs> it's like guys, you already sold out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sold out. Just, 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 just enjoy the, enjoy the trappings of having sold out because you right. sold out years ago. Just, just take the money and run, babies. You don't have to make another <laughs> fucking movie. This, this was a waste of money. This was a waste of time. I like the minute like the the credits came out. I'm like, well, I'll never get that back. So I mean, I, like I, I, I went and did laundry. I, I felt defeated. I, I, uh, my Jesus clock went off, and I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus and James. 
for, for coming through for me. Um, it, 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 there was so much money thrown at shit like this back then. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, it's it, finding a great film in the 90s is so few and far between. I really so believe far. that because it, it just it just seems to me like, well, hopefully, because I mean, we're, we're about to go into a kind of a the, the burgeoning of, of Miramax, um, a, a really good time in film. Sadly, it has to do with the Weinsteins, but, <laughs> you know, we hope I mean, who knows? 30 years later, this, this, we can still be just looking back at these things, uh, you know, because I don't remember how the House Party 3 being this bad, but oh, it is. God. It's terrible. It's fucking miserable it's, to watch this now. 30 years later. Know, one, one of the, one of the scenes that that upset me the fucking most just it just pissed me off was the dinner at Veda's parents' house. What the fuck was that scene? That does nothing for the movie. Nothing My. advances. Nothing is nope. told, and nothing funny happens. Once again, we're taking a woman with early onset Alzheimer's, and again, maybe I'm taking this far too seriously. <laughs> we're taking this woman and and Uncle Vester, which again, Bernie Mac. I will take him in anything i love that man Mm -hmm. i will always love him and and again the only acting we got was from bernie mac in this movie and some of his lines were pretty classic it's it's just classic bernie but all you know vita's parents are like you know they're like very you know hoi polloi upper but they're also asking reasonable questions about whether or not he's actually going to be able to have a job and not force his wife to support him for the rest of their lives. Like they're not being unreasonable at the same time. You've got this whole thing about kid and play again, going on about, well, you've got to make money to support your wife. Or like, no, she's got a job. She's working. She, she seems to own a business. So, you know, she's fine. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to, you don't need to support her. She's fine. But then there's that whole, that, that whole thing keeps coming up. But then his parents, I don't want to say, I'm not, they're not reinforcing values. They're just asking a simple question. Are you a fucking layabout doing nothing? And right. yeah, that's pretty much what he seems like. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then what, what the movie does, which I think is a huge disservice too, is just put them into like the worst kind of black parent trope you've ever seen where all of a sudden, you know, it's like, do, you know, dad's got a gun. Mm. And he starts shooting at the at, at the at the ceiling, and it's like, no, 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 because that's not how they were established going into the scene, mm-hmm. you know. Like that, that that didn't make any sense to me. That it, it just and it exploded into, and then and then to end it, where Vita's dropping them off, and kid goes up the, to the car, and he's like, "That was a crazy dinner, wasn't it?" What? <laughs> that that was that was your takeaway. Mm, no, yeah. people could have gotten killed. Are you fucking kidding me? And then we have we have my 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 aunt who who doesn't know if she's coming or going. I just I I this movie every second every every stop of the way I I had to pause it and breathe because <laughs> it's fucking miserable. Oh my god! And then, so all of this is happening. So so here's what happens uh, that that ultimately ends this film is that. Immature, this fucking child, which I, I, I hope we never have to return to this era of just making little kids so precocious. Um, mm. I, the, it was just gross. But ultimately, they served as this point where 
they were, you know, they're getting ready for this bachelor party. Well, they start stealing, you know, basically, you know, saying, hey, you know, we want the caterers at the house. We're going to, since we're not invited to the bachelor party. The stripper should come to our house instead of going to the the hotel where kid and play are throwing their party. Yep. Yep. And then, and then the, 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 the utter disgust at the, at the hotel bachelor party when a woman of a bigger size pops out of a cake and then I think he gets one of the women that he's in love with one of right. these overweight women that he's invited invited to this party uh to to come out of a uh, a cake uh as the stripper and they're all ew and she's by the way she's average attractive. size right average size gorgeous and it's like oh well yeah I, I, yep that makes sense I, I i would like to ask the writers I would like to ask didn't play themselves <laughs> if you could go back in time would you make this film because I, I don't think it adds to their cachet at mm-hmm. all I don't think it adds to to anything that they've done in their career if anything this movie is much more of a blight than their cartoon on Saturday mornings <laughs> I, 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 I do what is, there's a joke in this movie and I don't understand what the joke is it's at the bachelor party. They're trying. First of all, what is this thing about men watching porn at a bachelor party? Is this <laughs> a thing that people do or did? You just everybody just sits there and watches watches a porno movie at well, a bachelor party. Just a group of dudes in a room together, just watching porn. Okay, did you not watch the movie Bachelor Party? <laughs> did they do that in that movie? They, they, well, I mean, they had lots of naked women. They had actual women there, yeah. <laughs> and Adrian's med singing. They that, did made, that, that, that made sense to me because there were actual women in the room. It made sense. With the donkey these guys drugs. were planning to watch a videotape of, of pornography just in a room full of dudes uh, and, and women that they didn't find attractive. But instead, the, the, the little boys, the mature, the, the, chi- the children had switched the pornography with the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and the scene ends in the joke of the scene is that it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles instead of the pornography that they were all going to watch. Right. And suddenly all the, all the overweight women start walking toward the screen so they could stare closer at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What's the joke? Oh, um, because they had pizza in a scene, probably. Is that the joke? If that's the joke, it's um, it's not even like a cheap shot. Well, it's, no, it's not funny. It's just period, not funny. That's just that's just not a funny idea. Well, also, I'd like to point out too, and and I I can attest oh, to this: the overweight women and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well. We're, we're talking, like, again, early 90s. This is Neanderthal oh, writing, mm-hmm. you know? So what, what disturbed well, again, it, me... It, it, it reminds me of this whole Matt Reif thing, where it's like, oh, I've got to yeah. do things that, that show that I'm not just, you know, appealing one way. I've got to appeal to, to the guys by being cool, you know? But and like, that's, that's like, that's like so late. It's just so obvious and so lame. And that's uh, and it's such a cop-out. didn't do like that. Exactly. Exactly. But again, we had Tisha Campbell in the first two strong women. We, we, we had women, you know, you know, anytime that there was a joke against a woman, there was another woman there saying, uh-uh, no, that's not working. And then, but again, it's like, as, 
as this movie tries to go hard, it definitely tries to go hard against, you know, single celled organisms. Like, I mean, like we're, we're, we're just offending anybody that we can, but we are at that point in the nineties where being as offensive as, as possible was what garnered the most laughs. And I, I'm so glad we're not there. Here we are all these years later. And it's like my, I wondered why I had so much PTSD <laughs> from being a heavier chick growing up. I mean, that. We used to, you know, we used to make fun of PC culture and make fun of the political correctness. Political correctness yeah. was right. They, they, they were they, right. Actually, they were, they were, they were right. We were wrong. Uh <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with an even measure, though, but like, but but tempering it to a point where it's like, yeah, you know what, that was wrong. But, you know, there there are ways about Just, you don't have to make other people miserable to tell a joke. That's that's the end. The end. And and you know who said you know who said this recently that blew my mind? Daniel Tosh of all people. Daniel Tosh said, "You know what? You don't have to make other people miserable to make a joke." You don't have to you don't have to hurt other people's feelings to make a joke. Wow. And it's like, yeah, man, you're right. <laughs> like, yeah, <clears throat> totally. You don't. Well, I, it truly, it's just not necessary and, and it's 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 lazy, and most of the time it's just unfunny. It's it, but it's it's just it's the sophomoric humor that we that we were used to back then. Where it's that like, we oh, allowed. Yeah. We, that we, we allowed. We allowed. We did. We allowed that. But we, we didn't have, you know, people that are my age now, that are our age now, that have kids that are going back and looking at some of the shit going, what the fuck was wrong with all of you? What, you know, what, what, how did, how did you guys just exist like this and just say it was okay? You know? I mean, I, I I think a good four years with Trump probably helped with that too. Oh. It's just like you know, we've seen this shit. We've seen these just these. We're, we're outgrowing, thankfully, these archaic ideas of of well of gender norms for one, and then of two, what is is intellectually funny, what is physically funny, and then what is just off limits. People say you can't be funny today. I watched Cody Ko, Danny Gonzalez, Drew Gooden, Chad Chad, Jarvis, all these people be the funniest people on YouTube every single fucking day. And they don't they don't hurt anybody. They don't they're not punching down at any moment. They don't they don't go they don't set out to do harm to others. They don't want to make jokes at other people's expense, and they're still the funniest people on the planet today. Well, it, so I, I think about that too, and I think about the stuff that actually still makes me laugh is stuff like Mr. Show, stuff uh, from from the state, um, comedy troops that you know, I I think did things that uh, again I, I harken back to the absurdist because absurdity in comedy is so much um, more fun, uh, more laughable than just going for, you know, somebody's jugular. And and in the 90s, especially in this era, that's what we were doing. We we're just just going at each other. It's lazy. It's laziness. It was it's, lazy. It's the easiest joke. That's what, you know, that's what we were doing for so many years is yeah. just take the easiest joke possible. Mm -hmm. Milton Berle wearing a dress. The uh. easiest joke 
possible. He's a man wearing a dress. <laughs> like, yeah, but fucking lazy. That's it, fucking lazy jokes. And we let that go for so many years. That's uh, because we've had, like, again, we had boomers, you know, all this time. And we had boomers for parents. We had boomers just all around us. But at the same time, I think we were lucky enough, you and I, in our family, to have like a mom that loved comedy. So like we were we were being more exposed to like George Carlin and shit like that, where we're we're questioning. We're not we're not just thinking one way. Um it, it didn't make us better people because we still went through our own phase of, and there are still people that are our age that are still like, yeah, that movie's still funny. You know, like they, they would watch it now and go, yeah, that still holds up. No, it fucking doesn't. It, 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 it just doesn't either. You move with the times or you don't, but it, it was never funny. Then it's still not funny now. I'm sure there's somebody listening. goes, Oh, the kids like couldn't play. Oh my God. <laughs> fucking idiot. No. Here's here's the thing, you know. I mean, I still follow both of them <laughs> on Instagram and stuff like that. And I, I I don't think that they take that they if, would take this seriously. But if I was going to cancel a kid for anything, it's for being friends with Bill Maher, which is <laughs> <laughs> the biggest heel turn of the last ten years is is fucking Bill Maher. But you know. oh, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of uh, old Mystery Science Theater on YouTube where they actually have the commercials in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm thrilled because like I, all of these these old commercial jingles are in my head. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is hurting. This is hurting a lot. Um, but there's so many commercials for uh, politically cr- in- incorrect on there. And I'm seeing like all these people that are on there. And one of the commercials was a woman. And I don't remember who she was. I don't remember the episode, but she was just like, you know, it's fine to teach people about sex education, but when you're bringing condoms into the classroom, that's where I draw the line. And I'm like, oh my God, they were doing, <laughs> this was like, this was 93, 94. And, and there's a woman that was sitting next to her and she goes, why? Because how are they going to learn if they don't have these things, these tools in the classroom so people can see how to use them? And she's like, I think it's inappropriate. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was that era that definitely still like it's like the 50s and the 90s. These people that existed that really thought that that it was OK to, to, to take, you know, the, the sex out of sex. Um, and, and again, I think, you know, it, then we have this movie where it's like put the sex really into sex. It's, I think the nineties were the, for film and for, for television. I think there was so much confusion. No one knew if they were just alive or dead at that point. <laughs> how, how do you even get past all that? How did we even grow up <laughs> through this era? I don't know. Who knows? And just to come out on this end, you know, <laughs> the- the laziness of it is what fucks with me. Like, it's just the lamest fucking shit. It's just <laughs> the lamest attempts at trying to be hard, the lamest attempts at trying to be, you know, of the moment. Like, you know, because at this point, like, Dre and those guys are shifting the culture of hip hop away from uh-huh. Kid and Play, away from Hammer. And- yeah, we're about to go into like California Love. We're about to go into like, you know, serious like Tupac shit. Like, hip hop was about to really kind of shift a paradigm. And it, and, and it just makes Kid and Play look very, very silly. It looks like the way that we always used to make fun of Will Smith. He was the Walmart of rap. Like, <laughs> it was, it was, it was that, that era that were like, yeah, well, you and know. And Will did it too. I mean, they all, they all did that shift where they tried to prove that they were hard. Yeah. Every one of them tried it. 
And every, every time, every time one of the mainstream rappers tried it, they failed. They failed miserably and they looked like right. idiots like this movie, like this movie should be humiliating for kid and play to look back on because they look very ridiculous trying to be hard when they're absolutely not hard. There is nothing hard about them. They're both incredibly soft boy, incredible soft boys. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the, these are, are be who these you are. are. Have a good time. Enjoy your pajama jammy jam. Yes. Like, just, just have fun. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. I, I found them far cooler in the first two movies, I, I I really really adored them. I had the cassettes, like I just like these. I, I love Kid and Play, and I this this just removed all of like I, I literally had to shove out all of my good memories and just <laughs> let myself just kind of float in an ether during this film because I'm like, well, this yes, it wasn't it wasn't a great time of life because you know you're like you're you're in that that late teens kind of moment where it's like, oh, you're about to go off into the world. And now now it's like, I. Th this movie just, it feels like it's just trying to thrust me into more <laughs> anger, more pain. Yeah. I hate, I, I hate what this movie did to me today. I woke up with a positive attitude. <laughs> it's so miserable. And, and can I just say, for, for married people, if... If getting married is so fucking miserable, don't fucking do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. If you're going into marriage thinking, well, I've got to I got to give up this aspect of my life and I've got to give up this aspect of my life and I can never be free again and I I really do want to fuck other women, then don't get fucking married. Like that's, I think that's why we we had Candy Alexander's character in this movie. She was just like she even said to her cousin, she's like, "All right, if you're having second thoughts, you don't have to do it." Like we needed that that you know, that kind of bring also I, I want to bring this up too, because again, I love Candy Alexander. Um, she, she kind of, you know, hates on kid throughout the entire movie. And then we get to a point where he is there. He accidentally runs into Sydney, whose you know, grandparents are having a party at the same hotel and they have like a little, a dumb exchange. It's dumb. It, it, it's not even like natural dialogue at all. It, mm -hmm. It's just something that Sydney would not, I just don't think she would have done. Um, and the elevator opens and it's, it's Veda and, and her cousin, Candy Alexander, her character takes, uh, is it Vita? It's v it's Vita, not Veda. It, it, she takes her side <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you know, um, you, that, that was an innocent exchange. Yeah. You know, you're, you're overreacting. It's like, Oh God, finally some reality. Finally, somebody who can just kind of take this because there is no, there, there is no real issue in this movie. Of course they throw in like they do in every kid and play movie that they owe money to somebody mm -hmm. that they owe, you know, oh, of God. course they do, Yeah, but they wanted this relationship to bust up in a way and we had to have, you know, somebody that was still kind of, kind of grounded in reality just by the, by the skin of their teeth. But thankfully but, it was her. But even that scene though, is such a deus ex machina, such a God yeah. in the machine moment where it's like, well, we need to, we need to, we need a way to put them back together without actually having to do anything. So here, That's, we'll just do it this way. We'll just put well, them back together without even trying. Again, uh, you know, <laughs> you work with what you get. <laughs> I think that's what Candy was doing, but it just, yeah, I, it, that, it was just a bit. I, I also, 
<laughs> I did write in my notes. Uh, Candy's hair in this movie is, it, I love her so much, but <laughs> I was so upset because at one point her head was actually heart shaped. <laughs> and and you can say what you will about the 90s but man my god the short haircuts on any woman in the 90s we should all be ashamed we should all be ashamed <laughs> it wasn't our fault you know like everybody else is starting to get the rachel here the next that, year and we giant, were all going like how that big giant mushroom on your head wasn't your fault. oh god god <laughs> it's an explosion <laughs> and not even an explosion of flavor. It's just sadness. Sad. It's just sadness. Sad. But the, 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 yes, so I think for you, I think this year has started off badly. Oh, so badly. I've just it's <laughs> fucking it's fucking miserable looking at the movies of 1994 right now. <laughs> the first two I, are just such it's just such pain. It's and I understand your struggle. <laughs> Having said that, I think that looking ahead for 94, I think we've got a lot of really good stuff coming up. And I'm saying that with naivete, I, I, I'm saying, saying that, that a, not knowing what's coming up next. <laughs> I know what I'm saying is I am pretending I'm 17 again. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go into each one of these movies. Like I'm 17 <laughs> and pretending that I don't know, um, how awful life gets. I'm just going to go into it with, with, with happiness, positivity, and joy. That was not on my uh, resolution list at all. Cause I, I had no interest in doing that, but with these films, we have to do that. We do have some coming up that we know are good that we've actually watched again. We know are good. So we do have some things to look forward to and to critique, but yeah, the January, not a good look for you, 94. <laughs> the next two movies are, are exciting. Intersection, which looks like a sweaty, a sweaty, sweaty movie with Richard Gere and Sharon Stone. Looking forward to some moisture. And then Car 54, where are you? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Wait a second. How do I not remember that they took a 50s television <laughs> show and made it into a film? Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's two weeks away. Hang on, I gotta bring this up in, in IMDb. That, they <laughs> How do I not remember this? Oh my god, David Johansson, fucking New York doll right there. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> John C. McGinley? Oh shit. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. Oh god. Oh, I hope I hope MJ returns for this because if we have to do it. They should have to do it. They should have to do it for sure. <laughs> now, did you ever get a get around to watching uh, Doctor Who? Um. Wow. I, wow. Yeah, well, you are the worst Doctor Who fan ever. Am I? I mean, if you've not seen Shooty's first episode, yeah, you're the um, worst Doctor Who fan ever. I'm just not a fan <laughs> of a band. That sings so readily. What are you like talking about? Straight from script. What? I don't. I don't. I didn't like the music. You didn't like the music of nope. of the, of the. But have you have you even seen it? Did I? <laughs> Did you? 
Did I? I don't know. <sighs> I'm struggling. <laughs> no. Um. Oh God, Rosie O'Donnell's in that too. I'm so. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm still. I'm not over Car Fifty Four. Okay. Um. <laughs> No, I saw a clip. You saw a clip. A clip uh, where a a band was playing, and I I got really upset. <laughs> from from Doctor Who. Wow. Okay. So I no I and I realize, but I I also would like to defend myself in that um, as a person with massive. Uh, massive depression and anxiety i've been kind of uh doing more comfort things such as uh yeah watching old drew and uh danny and curtis videos i i've been watching um bob's burgers i've been watching a lot of mst just because anything new makes me feel like i'm just um on one of those catapults that throws me into old and um (laughs) I'm I'm struggling. So now that we're in '94, I can actually say that yes, I'm going to be 47 in February, and um, watching something new makes me feel like I'm in the future, and I don't like it. And I'm 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 having a time. I'm having a time. <laughs> I will. I am going to watch it. Oh God, Jeremy Pivens and Car 50. God, oh my God! I, I stop I, looking at Car 54. I know, but the trailer came up, and it's like I'm seeing all these people in it, and I hate it. I hate it already. Um, <laughs> And Fran Drescher. Oh, Jesus, God. Um, Yeah. I would like for our next uh, podcast with MJ that I will be able to discuss that. Like, I will get to it. I've just been very much um, learning how to wash my dishes every day. I, I, you know, not keep a dish in the sink. That's where I'm at in life right now. So I will get to it. So it was intersection. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I remember watching part of that and it was only uh because uh we were in the hospital for something and it was on the TV in ninety five. <laughs> All right, next week intersection. <laughs> Uh, also, fuck House Party 3. Don't watch it, please. No. And, and Cabin Boy. Don't watch that either. From Sean. <laughs> it, guys, this will get better. Let's, <laughs> let's just pray this gets better. It'll get better. I'm not right. sure if that's possible with Intersection and Car 54. <laughs> well, Intersection, I, I have high hopes for. Just because you put it... you Don't, don't put it side by side with Car 54. Because I feel like that's that's too much pressure. Mm. And then it gets worse, Amy. How? Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Are we? Are we? We are going to do that, aren't we? Unfortunately. Oh, good Christ! Well, I I, I think that it's going to be miserable for the next two months. Don't see. God, and you what? This is the reason I don't get out of bed until three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon, because I know what's coming. <sighs> it's just more pain. Oh God, um, it's so bad. 
You're looking at it by month? I am looking at every release for 1994 in front of me. Okay. <laughs> but, this, but this month and next month are pretty bad because I don't know, man. I have a feeling Reality Bites is not going to hold up. Oh, I, I, think, I, you're, I think you're wrong because I just I, watched it. I got a bad feeling. I just it. watched it a couple of months ago and, and it, it did. Uh, it still did it for me. My Girl 2. Oh, no. Uh, no, no. There's glasses. That's the first one. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Reality Bites can be fine. And by the way, solid mm. soundtrack. We're, we're, we're going to be okay with that one. I promise you. I promise you. Uh, uh. I promise you. Uh -huh. All right. Well, good day. Get ready. <laughs> Bye. Update the Facebook. <laughs> I, yeah, I will. <laughs>